Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Complete Sports Media's podcast. I'm your host, Darren Campbell. And uh, there on the left side of the screen is uh, Dale Corey joining me to break down some of the Masters tournament and uh, talk some junior hockey today. Hey, hey, Dale, how are you? Great, great. Thanks for joining me. Hey, it's, I'm glad to be here again. Uh, you know, it's been a few weeks now. I've been uh, checking out some of your shows and getting more popular. And um, yeah, it's, uh, there's lots to talk about, even though we were talking beforehand a little bit. You know, other than the NFL, there's not a lot going on for professional sports, but uh, still lots happening in the world of sports. And let's yeah. jump right into it. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Well, an unprecedented Masters tournament. It was delayed seven months because of the COVID pandemic. And so Tiger Woods was the defending champion for 19 months. Uh, he said he was a little sad having to return his green jacket and put it, give it to them and they put it in a, a, a case and uh, he doesn't get to ever see it again. Uh, but um, yeah, he was a defending champion. It was a super exciting tournament last year. Uh, this year didn't uh, have as much drama attached to it, but uh, really fun to watch anyway. See Dustin Johnson, number one player in the world, uh, really having a fantastic year since the pandemic shut down. And once they restarted in June, he's been the best player in the world, dominating a lot of tournaments, uh, came in very highly touted and uh, was able to lead after every round, uh, take the victory, get his first green jacket and uh, just very emotional. I haven't seen that ever that from DJ. Uh, he was... Um, uh, having some tears shed uh, in the post-interview questions on the on the green there, and uh, it was cool to see. Uh, really nice for Gretzky, uh, you know the Gretzky family. Uh, DJ's become quite a, a favor for a lot of Canadians because of that tie to Wayne Gretzky. Uh, but really fun, um, great great culmination for him, and finally getting that green jacket. Yeah, he's been one of my favorites for years. I, I like watching Dustin, and and, and you know it's. Uh, Four times he had that lead in a major and, and wasn't able to hold on. Um, and yesterday he did, although it got a little closer in, in the early part of uh, the final round yesterday. But um, he's he's just got such a, a great demeanor on the golf course and, and probably the perfect way of approaching it um, for a professional golfer because you you want to keep emotion out of it for the most part. You can use it to your benefit. And if, if you're playing the, uh, the stadium uh, 16th hole, uh, uh, in Arizona during the uh, the waste management one, um, you're going to get a little emotional over something like that. But but for the most part, Dustin just keeps his cool so so easily and yeah. just goes about playing his game, and, and that is so huge for any golfer, I think, to uh, to remove the emotion out of it and, and just play the game. And yeah, it was great to see. I mean, he um, he earned it. He he worked his butt off, especially in that back nine, to start throwing some birdies together. Uh, and just playing consistently. He didn't give anybody else a chance to get back into the tournament and try to challenge him. And to me, that's the key. You don't, you don't rely on the other guy faltering a little bit. You try to take control of your own game by, by uh, getting some birdies and, and trying to distance yourself. And, and that's exactly what he did. I know he talked to his brother, AJ, on, on, uh, on the bag. And, and AJ had a couple of tears when they were standing on the green on 18 there um, when he had to wait for that final putt. Um, and Dustin was kind of bugging him a bit. Don't don't start crying because you're going to make me cry as well. And, uh, obviously, the work deal goes into it. And, and hearing, you know, when he was young and growing up in Carolina and wanting to go play in the Masters, that was his goal. And, and obviously, he's played in numerous Masters uh, championships. But uh, 
to win it and to put on that green jacket. Yeah, it was it was pretty special for any, for any sports fan, golf fan. It was great to see yesterday. Oh, it sure was. Um, yeah, he's he just had a fantastic career. Twenty six wins in his career. Mm -hmm. uh, has as you said, held the lead or co lead after fifty four holes, and a lot of people expected him to close them out and. And for numerous reasons, he wasn't able to. A lot of people said choke, but there was, you know, some other circumstances in there that uh, one time, you know, they, they said that he uh, ground his club in a bunker and he didn't even realize it was a bunker. And they had to come and say, oh, we have penalizing you a shot and, and things like that. But, um, yeah, really nice to see him close it out. Uh, he's just been lights out uh, in, since June. Uh, yeah. A lot of uh, a lot of wins, uh, second second place finishes and just been playing superb. It's really nice to see a guy that's number one in the world and be able to, you know, have his game together during that tournament. It doesn't happen very much. I think he's only the fourth player in, the, in history to be number one in the world at that moment and, and win the, the Masters. So it was, yeah. it was fantastic for him to, you know, keep it together and go around. Uh, there was – a little moment in the tournament area in the final day where you thought, uh oh, maybe the wheels are falling off. He got bogey on four and five, and that four shot lead at the beginning of the day was down to one. And uh, Cameron Smith was playing really great, and you thought, uh oh, uh, is this going to happen again? But luckily, he buried the very next hole and then was able to really play super solid the rest of the way. Well, and it's and golf is that game. I mean, he took a four shot lead into the, into the final round. Well, Two bad shots by you, two good shots by somebody close to you, and you could be even just like that. I mean, yeah. it just it, it's such a, a, a minimal marginal difference that way. Um, and but but he showed something. He came back with a birdie right after that, and then seemed to get back on track. I mean, uh, we all wish to play the perfect round, and obviously these guys are pros, and they're a heck of a lot closer at it than we are. Um, but but nobody is perfect out there. Nobody, you know, maybe Dustin Johnson at minus twenty played about as, as good as you could play over four rounds at the Masters um, <laughs> yeah. at Augusta, given uh, how tough the course is and everything. Um, but yeah, he just uh, he just kept battling away, and and um, uh, I know you know you talk to hockey coaches uh, in that sport, and, and they'll tell you a three goal lead is the worst one because your players relax a little bit. Uh, sure. Two goal lead, you got to keep playing hard. Four goal lead, you can sit back a bit, but a three goal is always a tough one. And in golf, as I say, four shots isn't a heck of a lot because it can it can change in two holes just like that. But but he kept going and, and um, you know got it back together, and that just shows so much about the guy and, and how he was able to uh, accomplish a Masters win yesterday. And that he kept his head together. He knew he had the game. He knew he was playing well, and he he, had, he was dialed into the course all weekend. Um, so he just had to get back to that, and, and he did real quick and and had control of it the rest of the way. Especially, you know, coming through um, the last half uh, of the back nine, he had that four, three, four, five shot lead, and and he just seemed to be very comfortable playing with the lead. And that can't be easy at that level with everything that's on the line and over two million dollars uh, in his pocket as well. So there's a lot playing into it. It's much more to get the green jacket than that two million dollars, no question. Um, but yeah, he he did what he had to do down the stretch, and that was great to see for him. Yeah. Yeah, the money that he's uh, he's won this year, he for winning the Tour Championship, he won the $15 million FedEx Cup, uh, winning uh, almost $2 million for winning the Tour Championship trophy. And uh, yeah, just, wow, he's been on fire. And yeah, it's great. It's great to see somebody playing at this level and, 
and pushing records. Um, 20 under was a master's record. Uh, the old record was Tiger Woods in 97 and Jordan Spieth in 2015. Both had 18 under, nobody had ever pushed it to that. Uh, Cameron Smith, we mentioned, uh, he had the lowest score ever by somebody that didn't win. And yeah. he talked a lot about watching Adam Scott as a youngster win the green jacket and thinking one day, I hope that happens to me. And, and yeah. to play that well and still finish second, it's got to be heartbreaking. But uh, the only yeah. guy to ever play all four rounds in the 60s, uh, that's a pretty amazing accomplishment. I didn't realize until yeah. this yeah. weekend that that was a, a record. I hadn't uh, realized that nobody had ever done that. That's a pretty yeah. amazing accomplishment. Oh, I mean, and at the Masters as well, and at Augusta, which is such a tough course. Um, yeah, I know. And, and when they were kind of coming through the back nine yesterday and intently watching it, and they start talking about Smith a little bit more and, and what he's done. And when he, when he wrapped it up on 18 um, uh, to finish four in the 60s, like that's just so huge. I mean, Dustin Johnson finished five shots better, but of course had that 170. Otherwise, he would have yeah. been there as well. So you had to. The top never happened before, and you were one shot away from having the top two guys finish uh, four in the 60s. So uh, it's an accomplishment, and, and um, you know, I think golf, it's, it's, it's so much a technical game and doing everything right out there with every swing and, and shot management and everything, but, but it's also having confidence as well. And, and um, uh, for what Cal Smith did over the weekend, just gives him a heck of a lot of confidence moving forward as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, after 54 holes, they remarked that uh, this would be the first time in history that the top three players in the world all held the lead uh, going into Sunday. Uh, Dustin Johnson, number one, John Rahm, number two, and Justin Thomas, number three. Yeah. Uh, that was another uh, shocking <laughs> statistic that, you know, yeah. you would have thought, uh, you know, those top three guys in the world coming in to the Masters, you know, you would have thought, all three of them would have, uh, you know, had the lead, uh, but never happened yeah. before either. Another neat stat. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 the interesting uh, stats are so huge, and and bottom line is what the final score is, or what your final uh, um, shot total is in, in a golf tournament. But um, statistics are always interesting to watch, and I know we've both been, you know, so inundated with them over the years in this business, and and it's just so. So much a part of, you know, when I write a story or we talk about something, um, the importance of it. But yeah, that was an interesting one as well. You just think that um, after so many years and decades of, of, uh, of the Masters Tournament of Augusta that, that there's nothing that can happen anymore that's really going to surprise the heck out of you. And for Dustin Johnson to finish 20 under, for Smith to, to go four rounds in the 60s, um, just shows you that anything can happen on any given day or any given weekend. Yeah. Okay. Why we keep watching it, buddy. Why we That's keep why watching. we keep watching. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there was a 580-day wait for that um, in uh, having it in November. Uh, so it's only 143 days till it <laughs> happens again, which is pretty great. Uh, you know, obviously, all these guys have finished near the top, and Dustin himself uh, must be pretty excited that they get to do that turnaround uh, so quickly. Uh, it's going to yeah. be pretty cool for them. Uh, you know, imagine – Imagine winning, uh, you know, two green jackets within that short of a time span. Uh, it's something to really shoot for for him. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it's a weird world these days. In some ways, it's like going lightning speed. In other ways, it just seems to be dragging and dragging. And it's, it's tough to kind of comprehend it all and, and fit it all in. But, you know, I'm, I'm glad that they got the Masters in. I, th I think it's such an important tournament. And no matter if it's in April when we're used to it 
um, or November, and, and probably for us in British Columbia and, and even lower mainland with uh, with the rain and everything we're kind of getting now in November, it's, it's probably a good time to have it because it was easy to stay indoors and, and watch golf all weekend. <laughs> Sometimes in April when it's normally uh, scheduled for, it's getting nice out and you're thinking spring, you want to go outside, but uh, you still want to watch the Masters. So, so this weekend was a little bit easier. Um, and hopefully, hopefully we just get things under control to the point where 2021 gets us back to normal to some degree and, and that the Masters goes according to plan and, and some of the other tournaments and, and obviously all the other sports leagues we cover. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm, I miss the fans personally. There was a lot of talk about no patrons being there. There was quite a few people assembled on that 18th green after, but it didn't seem the same. The year before, Tiger Woods, when he won it, they were just screaming so loudly. They started chanting Tiger. You saw, you know, the emotion from him you you know there was not a ton of emotion you know just there because the lack of fans it was really too bad it's going to be something that uh you know i'm gonna i'm gonna miss every time they show the highlights of that you're just gonna know that it just that emotion from the fans and that energy wasn't there well it was it was interesting too and i can't remember if it was saturday or sunday i think it was yesterday watching uh, tony pino was was getting ready to um to drive and all of a sudden, a ball bounced in behind him. Uh, normally, that wouldn't have happened because the gallery would have been there and it would have got stopped sooner. But right. because there are no fans, uh, <laughs> somebody's shot, you know, kind of bounced right past him. And normally, in, in other circumstances, people might be getting a little unhappy with something like that. But, <laughs> but it's just the way of the world these days, and, and things are different that way. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, these kinds of things, I think, just, just kind of, lead us down a path of some normalcy because we're we're sports fans we like to see these things we like to to root for um root for our favorites in golf it's a little bit different there's not as much rivalry some of us have favorite players but we just want to watch the game we just want to get a thrill out of as good as these guys are in a major tournament like that and, and yeah i think we need some of those things i've, I've been lucky and i know we'll talk about it a bit with hockey but I've been going to a lot of Penticton B's games and junior hockey games here because we've had exhibition games. But in a lot of places, that's not the case. I mean, there's just, right. you know, Vancouver doesn't have uh, the Canucks going yet. Normally, they'd be a couple months into the season already, and that's not the case. So so we're all lacking. We're sports fans. We're lacking a lot of that these days. And we want to get back to it. And, and uh, the Masters kind of gave us a little bit of that over the weekend, which is good to see. Yeah, sure was, yeah. Masters is uh, like no other. Uh, it was strange being in November, uh, having to wake up so early. I was like, ah, oh, four days in a row getting up that early. It's not uh, good to my, for my lifestyle, but I pulled it off. I did it. Uh, let's mention another, a lot of other things in the tournament. Um, one of the coolest things was uh, Bernard Longer uh, set the yeah. record for the oldest guy to yep. make the cut. Uh, he beat Tommy Armour's armor's record by one month uh, 63 yeah. years two months and 17 days uh, that was cool and yeah. uh, even tiger in the the press conference the day before the tournament started he said you know you always look at guys like couples and longer and they always seem to do well and it was uh, larry mize and him both making the cut at, at you know plus yeah. 60 yeah. that's incredible that uh, they can still compete it's so yeah. great about Oh yeah, I mean at 63, he's uh, I mean he's still in great shape to watch him there. You don't think of him in terms of, of being 63, and I'm not a heck of a lot from that, so I'm going to say that's not very old right now. Um, but 
you know, the Masters in Augusta National is probably that one course where some of these guys that have been playing on the tour for 30 or 40 years uh, can still do well at because it's a major tournament played at the same course every year. Um, that's not the case with the U.S. Open or, or the PGA or any of those other major tournaments. Uh, they bounce around a lot and gives you a chance to try to um, uh, try to dominate in a course that maybe you don't play very much. But at Augusta National, they all go there every year. Bernard's been there for for many many years as a player, and and yeah, maybe it maybe it makes it a little bit easier for some of those veterans to to play a course like that and be successful at it. Um, and he had some good rounds as well. He, he finished with a good score. Um, but it's just good to see it. It, uh, it. It's good for some of those older players to still be out there and and uh, show some of those younger guys how it's done sometimes. <laughs> I know. I like it. Yeah. Really fun to see. Um, uh, Bryson DeChambeau had uh, all the press uh, coming into it. Everybody called him the favorite. And uh, he even said, uh, oh, this is like a par 67, 68 to me. Uh, that was kind of a douchebag comment, you know. Uh, it was a... A lot of things that come out of his mouth that, you know, aren't very pleasing. Uh, some of the way he, he acts, um, he's always complaining if he hits it off and he's asking for rulings and stuff. It's pretty irritating. Yeah, yeah. But a but, uh, fantastic player, uh, really has revolutionized this year in golf. Uh, yeah. But, um, yeah, his wayward tee shots and, you know, his game just wasn't there yeah. these four days. Well, and, and I know he's, he's added a lot of weight and a lot of muscle and a lot of bulk that way. And, um, Sometimes that can help a player, and especially we're, we're focused on golf here and other sports where they're more physical, it can help most of the time. But, but in golf, I don't think that's quite the case because you, you can see some really small players that don't have big bodies, but the torque that they can come around with on that swing allows them to get a lot of yardage. Um, and it's not just one shot every hole and one club either off the drive. And yeah, it's okay to hit it 350 yards, but if you can't follow through with your second and third shots, um, that 350 yard hit really doesn't amount to a heck of a lot. It doesn't, doesn't aid you that way. So, yeah. uh, and, and you still have to have your mind set and, and maybe that wasn't the case. And certainly had some health issues as well um, with coronavirus and everything. And, um, you know, when they interviewed him at the end yesterday, he kind of talked about not feeling that well at times and, and you got to give him that. You don't know how, how it affects a person and it seems to affect everybody differently to some degree. So, um, but I think uh, I'll, I'll take a player like Dustin uh, Johnson, who, who just goes about his business, doesn't show much emotion, doesn't complain about much. You know what, if you make a bad shot, you know that it's on your shoulders and nobody else's fault. And, um, yeah. and I think I guy, a lot of guys can learn from that and, and be better players on tour and handle the pressure that much more if they can just kind of forget about everything else and just play the game. Yeah, super good point. Exactly. I, I wholeheartedly agree. And I wish there was, um, yeah, I wish there was more players like Dustin Johnson and, you know, goes about it the right way. Definitely. Uh, Tiger Woods, uh, defending champion. Everybody was, uh, yeah, he shot the 10. Yeah. Uh, that was amazing. I, I personally don't think I've ever put a 10 on a scorecard. I might have maybe closely shot a 10, but I, yeah. I think I cut it off at about a snowman and uh, yeah, yeah. just walk yeah. off. Um, but a 10, that was incredible. It was like a tin cup moment. You know, it was just yeah, yeah. in the water three times on a, on a par three. That was a shock. Well, and it was almost reminiscent of Jordan Spieth a few years ago. Remember he put those two or three in the water there on, on 
12, I think. I it think was. it was the same hole, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and kept plunking him in the water. Um, you know what? It's one of those things. And I certainly don't laugh at Tiger for, for that happening. It's just an unfortunate situation. And, and yeah, we've all been there. We're all amateur golfers uh, in our own levels and love to play the game, but know that we're going to have some bad holes where there's eight, nines, and tens. Um, we, we've all been there before. It's It's got to be very tough on him being the player he's been over the years and how good he is and obviously goes down as one of the greatest ever to play the game, but um, it's yeah. humbling as well. Um, it's a humbling game in that you can, uh, you can uh, uh, ace a hole uh, and the next hole you can hit 10 on it and it's unforgiving <laughs> that way. And, yeah, um, you know, I think you could, you could kind of, you know, laugh it off or, or, you know, put it out of his mind that much more. He, he wasn't, uh, he wasn't in serious contention, but obviously that could have been, uh, par three. If he if he pars it, there's seven shots difference right there. So he's yeah. uh, he's at least in the middle of the pack or upwards of the leaderboard as opposed to where he finished. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a tough game at times. Very oh tough. man, it it can be really tough. And yeah, well, I think uh, down the stretch he either birdied four or five of the last six, and uh, yeah. Yeah. you know um, to to be able to. You know, walk off of the 10. That's just got to yeah. just irritate you and infuriate you. You must be yeah, yeah. just fuming. And a guy like Tiger, he's a very emotional guy. He doesn't even like make one bad shot, let alone, you know, four or five bad shots. Yeah. Uh, and to be able to, you know, put it together and, and finish that well, uh, I was super impressed. That's, oh, yeah. something that, that's something that we normally wouldn't have seen from him, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. No, it, I mean, it says a lot the way he came back like that. Yeah, and, and had those four or five birdies uh, on the back nine, um, put it out of his mind and, and played great golf, which is uh, a true professional showing showing uh, what, what he's capable of when he when you forget that bad hole. And, and golf is that one game. I mean, uh, we all play sports at our own level and, and you, you're mad at yourself if you make a bad shot in, in curling or you miss something in, in another sport or golf. Um, but it's the ability to come back from that. And, and, um, I remember talking to, uh, you know, different people over the years that might be, uh, going to the Olympics when, when I spent time in Chilliwack, uh, uh, and the psychological part, the mental part that they worked on the time I spent at the university of the Fraser Valley in Abbotsford, where, um, where all of those elite athletes in basketball and soccer and, and uh, the golf team, volleyball, um, all had all had meetings with um, uh, with psychologists and people like that as well to make right. sure that they can handle when they make a mistake how to get rid of that out of your system and to get back to normal and get back into the game and the mental part is so so important to, to any athlete in, in any sport and Tiger showed yesterday that, that he's a true professional he came away from that and, and played great golf the rest of the way yeah it was it was incredible yeah I was blown away that he played so well I thought that would have been it he might have just uh, walked off the course said oh I'm yeah, injured right. that's it I'm done <laughs> yeah it was incredible that would have been us doing that problem <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I I went to a tournament once with John Daly did that he just said oh that was it I think he shot a 12 actually on a, <laughs> on a hole and he was just that's it for me I'm finished see you later and you to the clubhouse <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah right to the bar and then the casino yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Canadians um, had an unprecedented four guys uh, start the Masters. Uh, that was fantastic to see. Uh, really good golf from all of them. Adam, Adam Hadwin missed a cup by only by one shot. Yeah. Corey Connors, a top Canadian. 
he finished uh, 10th place uh, at minus nine at a really great tournament. Mm-hmm. And, and because he's in the top 12, he gets an invite next year. Uh, Mike Weir is obviously going to be there next year as well. Exactly. And Mackenzie Hughes is already qualified for that. So we've got three Canadians again going in, but yeah. really good to see four Canadians and uh, they did well. They played really yeah. well. Yeah, it was fun uh, watching. They didn't didn't see it too much of some of their play early in the tournament. And, of course, they didn't get a lot of shots yesterday in the final round as well when they're focusing on the big guys uh, at the top of the leaderboard. But, um, uh, you know, and they're lower mainland guys as well. And, and it's showing they, they get the chance probably to play golf that much more um, yeah. through the year as well. They, they get to practice that much more. And... Um, and it's great to see, you know, it's it's good to see Mike Weird. He had a pretty good uh, weekend as well. Yeah. Nice to long, see him make uh, the cut. Birdie putt yesterday. Um, yeah. Uh, and it's good to see him back into it. I mean, it's it's tough. You you get injured. There's so much uh, so much uh, on your body uh, with with the torque and, and the rounds that you play, the walking you get in. The back is always an issue for a lot of golfers. But uh, and he's had a share of injuries as well. But um, and it just takes away so much. It can be the smallest little thing, but if it impedes your swing a little bit, um, it takes away from your game and you don't play as well. So um, good to see and hopefully, yeah, those guys can, can uh, you know, continue on their, their progress and on their path because uh, uh, they're showing well these days. Um, and, uh, you know, Nick Taylor's had a great season. Yeah, and, I'm glad uh, you mentioned him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah the Abbotsford uh, guy. Uh, great tournament, had a great season. And, yeah, yeah, he fin- ended up finishing minus three, tied for 29th. Um, really yeah. great. He was on the radio today. I heard him. He was on uh, yeah. Overdrive with the boys there. And, um, yeah, he's a really great guy, has a really good um, you know, level head on him and, yeah. and yeah. plays the game really well. And it's fun to watch. I'm glad he's having the success he's having. Yeah, he's uh, – and, and I've seen him in some of those interviews as well. He's just – he's a pleasure to listen to because he, he seems to get it. He seems to understand – um, you know, what he's achieved at, uh, at that point for, uh, for a Canadian kid from Abbotsford and some of the other guys from the lower mainland. Um, they've worked hard to get to this point. Uh, and there's some great golf programs at universities and different levels uh, through the lower mainland to, to help players get to that point. But, um, yeah, he's, he's fun to listen to and, and to watch in the golf course and, and um, you know, enjoys himself out there. And I think that's, yeah. that's the key thing. You, you're playing professional golf, and, and it's an honor to be able to do that. Uh, we all have our, our little bits of jealousy because we love playing the game as well and think, wow, that's, that's awesome. I'm happy for those guys. They, they've achieved something great and they can still get that much better and, and go that much higher up the board. So, yeah, uh, yeah we'll, uh, we'll keep watching those guys because I think they, they've still got a lot to say uh, in their careers down the road. Yeah, they sure will. Yeah. No, it's been fun. Uh, I think we're seeing an unprecedented level of, of Canadian golf and uh, they all they all harken back to that 2003 Masters win by Mike Weir. All of them were varying ages, usually before they were even teens, and and uh, just being such a seminal moment for them. Hey, look, there's a Canadian guy. He's yeah. winning that tournament. Maybe yeah. maybe I can do that. And, and yeah. you know, and, and that that seems to be the way it creates these great athletes as they yeah. have yeah. a moment where they witness somebody from their hometown or their home yeah. country. Yeah. Uh, doing that, what they like to do, and think I can do it, and and you see it, you know, ten years later, twenty years later, it happens. Pretty oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, and and through a variety of sports, I mean, uh, you know, the the influx of of California hockey players when when Wayne Gretzky went to Los Angeles. I mean, 
kids wanted to play the game. It was it was something they'd never was never on their radar before, never thought of. And all of a sudden, the best player in the game uh, comes to their state and started playing hockey in Los Angeles, and that got a ton of kids playing hockey. And, yeah. and throughout uh, you know junior A rosters, uh, there's a lot of um, kids from the United States on these teams, uh, and a lot from California, and, and he's a big reason why why that happened. But yeah, we all we all look at that. You you um, you get somebody from your area or or from your hometown um, or in a sport that that you like, but but and you'd like to excel at more. But then you see the light and, and you see somebody achieving something, um, and you want to try to do the same. So it's it's good to see it. It, it grows the sport, and that's what it's all about. Um, doesn't matter what sport we're talking about. You've got to have youth playing the game, encouraged to play the game. Uh, excited to play the game and having fun uh continuing to play it as as they go up the ladder and obviously some are more elite athletes than others and and can make it to a higher level but uh no sport uh goes anywhere if you don't have young kids playing it i'm i'm the uh, i'm the coach of the uh of uh, or the youth coordinator at the curling club in penticton right now so we've got about right. 30 or 35 kids um yeah. But again, the sport doesn't grow locally if you don't have those young kids kind of excited to come out and play and teach the game a little bit and totally. get them having fun so they want to join awesome. later on. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Um, Dustin Johnson set a whole bunch of records. I probably can't list them all right now. Um, but uh, I, I was thinking, you know, Tiger Woods pretty much has the record book. Uh, Jack Nicholas and Tiger Woods have uh, seeming to, you know, have most of the mm -hmm. records out there. Some of the old names like Sam Snead and Oliver Palmer and all that still hold some of them. But Wayne Grisky, when he retired, he had 61 NHL records. And I think he still has almost all of them still. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's pretty incredible <laughs> to see that in that family. Gretzky yeah. has the NHL record book and DJ's trying to take care of the PGA record book. Uh, yeah. There was a lot of amazing things. He only had four bogeys in the whole entire yeah. tournament. He, you know, 20 under par. He, uh, he had his 11th straight under round uh, um, under round uh, round uh, he yeah. uh, was a wire to wire champion and there's only been like Arnold Palmer Jack Nicholas Ray Floyd Sebby Ballesteros uh, Spieth guys like that just so many cool um, yeah. things that they kept showing as the week uh, progressed <laughs> and uh, you know it's pretty neat for Dustin and and um, the Wayne Gretzky family uh, you know yeah. they've got two people in the family that are you know taking over these record books oh, yeah, yeah. Well, and it happened at a Masters played in the middle of November as well. Yeah. Um, you know, just a, a, not a normal situation to um, to have all of that happen. Players are, are normally kind of taking December off, early part of January, get some tournaments in, in Hawaii, and then get to the West Coast and work That's your way swing. through. So by April in, in the Masters, you've been playing a lot of golf. You're, you're into it then, and your your game, even though there's still a lot of summer to go, is, is probably at its peak. But... But this time in November, although it didn't really look like it, the trees are nice and green. They're in <laughs> they're in t-shirts. It looked like a normal Amazing. summer weekend at Augusta <laughs> National, um, which better we had out here. Uh, but yeah, it uh, it just says that much more about what he accomplished. I mean, for it all to come together, and I think some of the guys that that uh, uh, you know win tournaments when we're talking golf, and and especially if they lead for all four rounds. I mean, they're just totally dialed in. Um, everything is working for them. If they try a certain shot to accomplish something, it's going to go right for them. Um, and yeah, every, everything was happening for Dustin on the weekend. He, he worked hard to get to that point though. He, he, 
his approach, I think, was was as good as it possibly can be from a mental standpoint um, to achieve what he did over the weekend. Yeah. Uh, I guess um, maybe the only disappointment I had for the whole entire weekend was I went on to Twitter immediately after he won, and the trending topic was Paulina. <laughs> not DJ, <laughs> not Masters, it was Paulina. <laughs> and what that She was wearing a green jacket, and yeah. she had tights on, and she was doing this, and she looked like that. And I was like, she had her Saskatchewan oh. colors on, I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, social media just drives me nuts. Uh, it's just crazy that, you know, that's um, what people want to talk in and ends up yeah. trending about what she's wearing and, you know, <laughs> the things that she did. Oh, man, it's just crazy. You know, I mean, it's all cool. I watched at the end, and, and I mean, you're happy for the person. He, he's accomplished something major. He won the Masters, and that's cool. And and for the for the players that, that, are, that are married or have their girlfriends there or, or whatever the case was, when we talk men's golf, um, uh, it's great to see. They're, it's a family thing. They're obviously very close, and, and it's a big part of it. I'm sure, you know, Wayne has has done what he could do to help Dustin's game from a mental preparation standpoint and, and the yeah. things that he went through during tough times and overcame them. Um, so he's got some great help in his corner, certainly. Um, and and if his personal life is, is uh, in very good state, that helps your golf game as well. I mean, there's yeah. there's ob obviously some some players, and, and you're not going to hear about a lot of those things that, that might have issues behind the scenes, uh, a sick parent or or a, uh, a marriage that that has some trouble or something, and that's going to affect your golf game. Oh yeah, um, I got to think that Dustin's life is pretty good these days, um, uh, in every way, <laughs> uh, and and that's a good thing. He's he's. Um, uh, he's he's in a good state these days, and and yeah, those probably not all the the hardcore golfers that were talking about Paulina along the way from a Twitter standpoint, anyway. But um, no, I'm just happy for him overall. He's, yeah. he's got thing going these days, and and um, he's one of those guys that just does not come across as cocky as at all. You got to be confident. You got to have a lot of confidence um, playing that game, but. He just doesn't come across as cocky, and, and for that, I think you can appreciate his talent and, and what, he's, what he's achieved uh, that much more because of it. So yeah, you're right. Yeah, exactly. Well said. Heck with Twitter. Heck with Twitter. <laughs> yeah, heck with Twitter. Yeah, I think I'm done with it. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, uh, great tournament. I'm super glad that you were able to watch it. I um, was, you know, hoping that I could reach out to you, and you said, yeah, you would have the time. I know you're yeah. super busy, so you know, thanks so much for watching it thanks so much for that great breakdown and um yeah it's um you know un, it was unprecedented uh really interesting to see it in november uh, there was a lot of different parameters around it um, but uh turned out well and uh, really nice to see dustin johnson fulfill a lifelong dream i've won the masters myself uh, many 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 times on the uh, greens around the world uh <laughs> as a kid i uh, yeah, hoisted yeah. The, the trophy you know and so many people do it's really cool yeah. to see somebody achieve a lifelong dream um the uh, andy ogletree the the kid that uh, was the top amateur uh he said his lifelong dream was to play the masters and to play with tiger woods and he actually did it uh, three times. Uh, how cool is that to have, you know, somebody see that lifelong dream achieved. And he got to be in the Butler cabin when they're presenting the green jacket to Dustin Johnson. And another really cool thing about the Masters is how they embrace the amateurs and, and give them an opportunity like that. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, the kid was so thrilled uh, when they interviewed him yesterday at the end in the butler cabin. And then he's got Tiger beside or John Dustin beside him and Tiger right beside him. Um, he's part of that whole process. He he gets his good airtime. He, he was almost as important as, as Dustin Johnson's part of it was when, when it came to the interview stage with Jim Nance. Um, uh, but yeah, just, just to be part of that. Um, uh, they honor those amateurs. And as he talked at the end, he'll turn pro. And, and you got to think he's, he's got a good career ahead of him as well. There's been a lot of those, those young players that, that win the amateur side at the Masters uh, go on to great careers. Um, but just, yeah, the ability to play with Tiger three times and, and you know, how daunting must that be? I've got Tiger, there's a good part to it and there's a bad part to it or, or a part that's going to make me a little nervous. But, but the way he talked from Tiger's standpoint, he went up to him and, you know, Tiger obviously is there to win a tournament as well. And he was defending champion. His game is still there, but, you know, he, he's not in the limelight as much as a lot of the other guys these days. So it's probably more relaxing for Tiger and easier for him to go up to a 20 something year old kid who's never played there before and make him feel at ease. Um, yeah, that was bonus. Yeah. It's not a competition against the person you're playing with in your, in your group. It's a competition against everybody else pretty much, sure. but, but it's you doing your best, not trying to put the other guy down or, or slow him down is all you can do. So, sure. yeah. um, so why, why would Tiger not want to see this kid play some good golf? And he certainly did for four rounds. Yeah. Yeah. No, that really was uh, great to hear that Tiger came and put his arm around him and said, let's go yeah. do this kid. And, yeah, yeah. you know, he, he said it took the nerves away you know, quite yeah. a bit because he wasn't sure what, what am I supposed to say? Am I supposed to talk yeah. to him? You know, and, and for Tiger to take the initiative. And like you yeah. say, he's, he's not there just as a ceremonial guy. Like some of the players are in the masters. He's there to win it. He won it last year. Yeah. Um, but you know, good to see Tiger's, um, Definitely showing a lot more human side in the last few years. Mm -hmm. I was amazed him talking about getting goosebumps as he was uh, talking about winning last year. And, yeah. and uh, you know, some of the moments, uh, you know, never heard Tiger say those type of things. I, I was teary-eyed when I yeah. walked off and saw my kids there, you know, that kind of thing. It was, it was cool. And I, I, I'm seeing a different, softer side of Tiger, which I'm liking. Yeah. Well, and... Man, out of all the sports, it's it's one of those where it's all about you and really nothing else. I mean, maybe tennis to some degree can can go that way from a single standpoint, but but it's all about your game, your mental approach, your physical approach, how well you play the game, and really nothing else matters. If you play the best uh, that you possibly can, you're going to have a chance to win when you're at that caliber. But um, uh, but you got to have fun doing it as well. And I think he's probably having more fun now and is more relaxed because of it. I mean, the tens are going to happen sometime. They're going to happen to anybody in, in professional golf that plays on the tour. Um, it just happens, uh, but not very often. And and you've got to be able to laugh it off and move on as well. But enjoy yourself while you're out there. It's it's um it's easy to to tell amateur kids when you're trying to coach them at a young age and get them into the sport that the most important thing is just to go out there and have fun. Enjoy yourself while you're playing the game as you get better, you'll enjoy it even more because you'll start to be successful. You'll make shots that you didn't make before. Um, and yeah, that's, it's good to see. I mean, we've all watched Tiger's career um, and watched him progress into the best player in the game at that point for, for many, many, many years. Um, no player can hold that, uh, uh, you know, for an indefinite period of time. Um, it's going to come down a little bit, but um but for him, obviously, to, to win it last year and, and to have that outlook this year and play with 
the kid that won the, the low amateur title, um, three of the four rounds, I'm sure had to be a thrill for him. It's, he's, he's looked at as, as an, an idol that way to some degree. And, um, and he's coming through with delivering that way in, in his attitude. Yeah, he sure is. Yeah. No, that's really nice. Yeah. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad that he's changed and yeah, you see a different, different side of him and he's, yeah. he's a lot more welcoming now, which is very nice to see. Um, yeah. Before we go, I do want to mention Rory McIlroy. I don't know how we missed uh, talking about him. Uh, shot 75 in that first round and then was able to really play well and actually be a little bit mm -hmm. of a factor at some point on Sunday. Um, yeah, you know, really nice to see him. He was chasing history as well, uh, trying to get that career grand slam, a lot of pressure on him. Uh, yep. Didn't play well in the first round, but uh, after that he played great solid golf. Yeah, and, and uh, saw him, they started to show a little bit more of, of his shots yesterday as well um, as, as he was having a better round. And, and that was good to see. He's, he's one of those guys, you know, uh, Rory and Jordan Spieth and some of those players, they've kind of come up at the same time and, and they've enjoyed some success and, and really kind of skyrocketed to that success as well, maybe unexpectedly. But, um, but then you kind of settle back down and you're just another player on the pro tour that, that's had success. And each week you have to go out and prove yourself. It's 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 yeah. only what happened on that weekend that that, that you've got to rely on uh, yeah. nothing from the past. So um, so yeah, he he started to play better. It just goes to show you that uh, um, how much that one bad round. There's four rounds in a tournament, man, and one bad round can really hurt you. And in Tiger's case, I mean, he wasn't quite at the top, but that one bad hole could have certainly had he been a few shots closer taken him out of the running from a championship just from one hole so yeah. uh, one bad round for uh, for Rory but yeah he picked it up and, and started to play much better golf the last three rounds and especially yesterday as well sure, sure did yeah yeah well Dustin J Johnson as the 2020 Masters champion congratulations to him and all his family and uh, it was fun to watch thank you DJ for being able to keep your game together and play so well. It was a pleasure to watch. I'm glad you're taking over the record books. And uh, I'm sure a lot of uh, Tiger Woods records will fall to you in uh, the years to come. And, uh, yeah, way to go, uh, everyone that put this tournament on. Must have been really challenging and tough to be able to get the course back in shape uh, in November and, and play and get everybody there and uh, safe. I didn't hear of any COVID outbreaks, uh, yeah. any type of people getting it. So... Uh, congratulations to everybody and uh, thanks so much for for it can't wait 143 days now until uh, <laughs> the next one and, and uh, hopefully uh, you can come and break it down with me uh, then it'll be fun it, it'll come so fast uh, the world definitely does spin fast sometimes when it comes to the world of sports yeah and and yeah. let's just hope that, that everything gets back to normal by then uh, it's normally that second week in april uh the masters um, and, and that's enough months away with, with talk of another vaccine today, um, that hopefully we can get on track. I know a lot of leagues are at a standstill, uh, the junior B league and uh, the international league start its regular season on the weekend. ECHL is looking at December 4th for a start. So things are starting to come back. I know there's not going to be any fans there. Um, but with today's technology, just as we're coming to you through a zoom meeting, um, People can, can log on to uh, uh, Hockey TV and get a subscription and see all the games. So so you, you have to stay at home to watch it, unfortunately. You can't be at the game. I'm privileged enough. I've, I've been able to go to all the Junior A games that have been played here so far. And, 
couple games on the weekend, the semifinals and finals to determine a, an Okanagan Cup champion. And and from that standpoint, I mean, uh, it was interesting. You know, the Bees never once looked at that 12-game schedule as, as a preseason. They kind of thought of it as the regular season, placed a lot of importance on it, uh, burning in overtime the other night to win the Okanagan Cup, and they were celebrating. I mean, it was it was something, it's just a treat being around these guys and Fred Harvinson and the professionalism that the Bees exhibit because they go out to win every game. Uh, they go out to win every game, uh, be successful in every way on the ice and off the ice. And um, uh, it'll, we, now, now the thing is for the next couple of weeks is just keep our fingers crossed that things get, stay going well enough or get better uh, that the regular season can start December 4th. And, and even though we can't go to the games for our fans, can't go to the games for the most part, we still have access to them. Players will still be playing. They're playing for scholarships. They're playing to get drafted into the NHL and, and have a professional career. It's important to them, and it's important for us that we get back to some of that normalcy and get to watch some games again. Yeah. yeah. How, did, how did the tournament work? Uh, how many teams were involved? Uh, how, did they, um, how did they structure it with the 12 games, and how, how many teams? How did it work? Mm-hmm. Well, here uh, it was the four Okanagan teams that took part in this. So they, they structured it. They had a trophy set up for the Okanagan Cup. So Salmon Arm, Vernon, West Cologne, and Penticton, they each played uh, four games against each other, two home, two away. Pretty much every weekend they'd have a home-and-home series Friday, Saturday. So you get a bit of a rivalry going for each, each weekend kind of thing. Um, Penticton won 11 of 12 games through that stretch. Uh, the only thing they lost to was Salmon Arm 4-2. Uh, they beat Salmon Arm 5-2 in the semifinal, and, and Vern beat West Cologne 2-0 on Friday. And then uh, Vipers came to Penticton Saturday. Um, close game. Uh, Penticton was up by a goal, and uh, with just uh, over two minutes to go, Vernon tied the game in regulation, sent it to overtime. Um, you know, and it, it was fun. You know, my, the story that I wrote for uh, for Now Media in Penticton now was that it was uh, it, it was uh, a playoff game played in the – preseason during what would normally be the regular season so, and it was Friday the 13th to boot so um, uh, so it's just not much as normal these days but but there was something on the line and it was fun to see it was like a playoff atmosphere people weren't in the stands but they piped in the crowd sounds and everything um, uh, but it was a good hockey game I mean I, I think all four of these teams in in the Okanagan um, are, are going to have good seasons. I, mean, I think the Bees, again, they've recruited well, and they've got some great talent in here again. I, I think they had the best shot of winning a Canadian championship last year when, when the season ended after the opening round. Um, you know, fans go quit them hearing this. will say, hey, the Express had a good team, and they didn't. I was looking forward to an Express Bees championship series because I think it would have been a great one. Um, well, unfortunately, we didn't get there. Uh, yeah. But, you know, the Bees are 13-1 and one through this preseason stretch now. Um, and they take, they all take a couple of weeks off. Um, quite a few of the, the teams were bolstered by Western Hockey League, Hockey League players on loan from their teams. They're not started yet. They're not really playing exhibition games like these guys are. So, um, so a lot of teams have loaned players. Um, uh, Connor Bouchard, a Tri-City American, um, uh, played with Penticton over the weekend, had five points. He's like five foot four, 150 pounds. Like not much size whatsoever for this game. Um, but uh, is a bus up there and it really showed. So, um, so yeah, a lot of Western League players were, were in uniform uh, these last few weeks uh, for teams and just kind of getting closer to preparation for when the Western Hockey League starts as well. 
Um, I know in the lower mainland, all those teams, Chilliwack, Oakland, uh, Langley, Surrey, are playing a lot of games against each other as well. Uh, it's been a little tougher on, say, the new Cranbrook team and Trail being so far away from everybody. Prince George, um, uh, Wenatchee Wild didn't play any games because they can't cross the border. And I'm, wow. I'm not sure what the league is looking at at this point for the start of the regular season. Uh, we've seen some Canadian teams that play in the States. Uh, uh, well, the Whitecaps were, were playing out of Portland this entire time. Um, the Toronto Raptors had to stay in the States. In this case, I think it's very difficult for Natchee to, to stay on the road the entire season um, if there's no home fans. So I'm not sure what the league has in store for that yet. I haven't seen any announcements coming out of it. But uh, but the regular season is slated to begin December 4th. And wow. junior fans can, uh, can go to Hockey TV and BCHL has – a channel through hockey TV. So um, you can check that out. The subscription isn't that much. You can get access to all junior hockey games across Canada, um, junior A, junior B, whatever. So uh, so I urge fans to do that. Go jump in and get a subscription. You can still watch these games. Um, I know for our broadcasts here in Penticton, they're going to be much more important because everybody's at home watching them as opposed to those 3,000 um, or 3,200 on average here in Penticton being at the arena. Yeah. They'll be home, but they'll still be watching. They're still hockey fans, and uh, and uh, yeah, we we hope that things progress well enough that, that we can have a season. Yeah. So there's uh, going to be zero fans allowed at any games uh, so far. Yeah, there's just been a handful at this point, and I'm not sure what the actual limit is. I know it's it's 50 more from a provincial standpoint, but um, I'm going to say there may have been 50 or 60 people besides the teams in in the building not much more than that i mean these have really watched what they're doing and, and um and um watch those numbers so that there aren't too many people in the building uh everybody is socially distanced kept them all kind of in one area socially distanced there um there were a lot of suites in in south Okanagan event center of penticton so some of them were being used over the weekend but it's easy for them to social distance they're in individual suites so uh, so not very many people, and that's the plan for the start of the regular season. Um, you know, it's it's impacting things. I'm I'm helping Visa with some sponsorship packages, and and you know we've had to get down into a lower bracket. They're looking at a 32 game season right now, so 16 home games, 16 away. Okay. Uh, normally it's a 58 game schedule uh, or 56 games, so they'll be playing a lot less games this year. Uh, but they'll get that season in, um, and yeah. To start with, without fans, if things if things improve drastically, say by uh, early January after Christmas, um, then maybe it gets relaxed a little bit, where you can have a certain amount of fans. And I think they were talking 25% at one point. Uh, South Okanagan Event Center, one of the bigger buildings in in BCHL, holds upwards of 4,500. You know, maybe there's a potential to have 12 or 1,500 there if it gets to a 25% capacity. Um, other buildings, you know, Merritt's a pretty small building and, and maybe holds a thousand or twelve hundred, not very many stands. So, so they'd be that much more limited if it's based on percentage that you can have there anyway. So, I see. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll keep watching and see what happens in early December. You mentioned uh, Wenatchee, uh, you know, they might have to take a season off, possibly. I was thinking, uh, are there other teams that don't know if they can make it uh, financially uh, this season? Have you heard any? rumblings about other teams yeah. not uh, wanting to drop the puck in their arenas and uh, you know incur the losses that they will have to 
Yeah, you know, in the Junior A League, um, none that I know of at this point. It's obviously tough on all of them, and, and the Bees probably have one of the bigger um, bigger budgets to work with from, from the amount of people in the front office to uh, uh, how they treat the players and everything else, and that's not to speak negatively, but when, when you average 3,200 fans a game uh, and you work hard to get to that point, um, it, it makes it easier to, to be a little more relaxed in other areas of your operations, obviously. Um, I know in the Junior B League, in the Cooney International League, there are three teams this year that decided not to play the season. Um, one of them being Spokane, because Spokane is in the Junior B League out here, and, and uh, they couldn't be crossing the border every game. So, so they've taken the year off. Uh, 100 Miles did, and I think Beaver Valley was the other one. So, so a couple of teams opted out. Um, I know uh, I'm, I'm friends with uh, Randy Bernard, who coaches the, or is the owner of the uh, – uh, uh, Soyuz Coyotes, um, and Randy's owned them for about 10 years now, and a great owner, works hard with them. Uh, you know, he had a lot to consider when, when they had a league meeting a few weeks ago, and teams had to say if they were in or out. Uh, you know, you're, you're faced with having no fans at your game, no revenue from, from ticket sales, uh, revenue from your marketing side of things that is drastically, drastically down from usual. Um, so Randy Bedard and, and other owners around the league and some of the community-owned teams, you know, had to really look at that. But it was tough to say no as well, I think. You know, a few teams did, and Spokane was an obvious one. Um, but, uh, you know, you, you, you don't want to give up and, and lose your players as well. So there was a, a dispersal draft for those three teams that didn't play this year. Oh, okay. So they lost their, they lost their lineup as well. Oh, wow. um, so you'd be pretty much starting from scratch next year. So it'll be interesting to see if both teams can come back next year. Um, but yeah, teams were faced with, you know what, maybe it's better to, to bite it. Hopefully we break even. And if we can break even, um, and then we can hopefully start next year on, on uh, even ground and move forward positively from there. So um, it wasn't an easy decision for a lot of owners because they know how tough it is. Junior A, it's just ramped up that much more. I mean, you're, 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 uh, margin um you know your expenses are that much higher traveling around and that's why i mentioned teams like prince george or powell river um uh, cranbrook and trail and the outlying areas of the bchl didn't play near as many games uh through the preseason um, okay. because it was that much more expensive you can't it's tough to go on, a, on an overnight road trip i mean here in the okanagan you know penticton is hour and a half drive pretty much from vernon salmon maybe another half hour um, but you're easily, obviously, coming home after every game. You're not uh, spending a night in a hotel, maybe one meal, and that's it. Um, okay. How do you start to incur expenses of overnight stays and, and putting 25 uh, players and coaches into hotel rooms and feeding them a couple of extra meals when you've got very little income coming in? So, so it's yeah. going to be tough on them. Uh, get through the year as best you can without, uh, with minimal expense and, and hope things are better for next year. The, uh, the Pacific Junior Hockey League locally here uh, was going and uh, they had some games in. Some teams had about eight games. I think eight, seven or eight games was the top and other teams had played about four or five. Uh, and then uh, Bonnie Henry uh, brought some new yeah. restrictions in and they've shut down for at least a couple of weeks. Uh, I think they're going to revisit that soon. Um, all hockey in the lower mainland and uh, surrounding area has been suspended for a couple of weeks. Uh, of COVID. 
Um, but the K KJHL you mentioned, um, they they started this past Friday, and uh, they're they're trying to get a season. How how large of a season that they're gonna are they gonna have? Um, you know, I can't remember. I, I was thinking there was a 32 game season when they were first looking at it, or 30 or 32 somewhere in there. Um, and I'm just not sure at this point what they've got scheduled for uh, for how many games they'll play. Usually, I'm thinking it's a 44 game season, so it'll certainly be less than that. Um, but they're going to get their season underway a couple weeks earlier than, than say, the Junior A League anyway. So, um, but, yeah, uh, teams played on the weekend. There were no fans at the games. Um, uh, but they'll, they'll try to push forward and, and, uh, and do what they can. Uh, I know I do some of the PA announcing for the Coyotes and the Soyuz, and, and uh, Randy, uh, the owner, has a wireless mic, and he's on the – He's on the ice doing contests and promotions throughout the period. And I'm announcing goals and assists and playing music. Well, there's no need for two people to do that because there's no fans in the stands for those yeah. promotions to take effect. Um, yeah. There's usually a game sponsor, and it's tough to tie a game sponsor in um, when there's nobody there. I think it's easier for the junior A teams. They've got more of a following. Um, they, they can build up their broadcasts that much more radio or, or TV broadcasts or internet broadcasts. But at the junior B level, it's that much tougher. I mean, most teams are going to get the two to three hundred of the game if if, uh, if they've got some you know good fan support that way, and that's about it. Um, and and their broadcasts aren't as, as polished. And now that they've hooked up with hockey TV, I think they'll they'll be able to promote it given given the pandemic and and the fact fans can't go to the games. Um, but uh, but they'll just try to build it up however they can, and and uh, if things improve and they can have some fans, fine. If not, the teams that are playing, uh, I think 17 of the 20, um, are prepared to go through the season and, and just try to get through it. And, and uh, yeah, hope that things get back to normal by next year. Yeah. Uh, I need to mention our partners and sponsors. There's just a couple more things I, I want to go with you and then let you on your way. I know you're busy. Uh, the one thing is um, I signed up for Hockey TV uh, probably a month ago or six weeks ago. Um, a lot of the... If you go on to a lot of the pages for the teams, they'll give you um, some type of um, co coupon code that you can take some money off. I think it's about $70. Would you be able to tr try to quickly find uh, the cost for that while I mention the partners and sponsors? And then uh, I do want to mention some baseball right at the end of this, okay? Just take a look. I'm going to mention our partners and sponsors. If you can find it, great. Uh, we really always um, want to mention partners and sponsors. Uh, we wouldn't be able to do this show without them. Uh, Anchor has been a really great partner and sponsor for Complete Sports. They've been amazing at posting on online platforms in multiple fashions. They have been the easiest place to make a podcast. So go to Anchor FM and uh, log in, find all the details there. Verbero, a really fantastic uh, partner with us. Hockey equipment and apparel company that is as uh, unprecedented gear, uh, industry leader in technology performance and value. And their V350 stick is something that you can't miss. It is absolutely fantastic to hold in your hands. Very explosive and powerful, and the lightest stick at 350 grams on the market. Pampas and Possibilities designs and sells dried florals, floral arrangements, and installations. They're designers of handmade, curated bohemian things with West Coast vibes at reasonable prices. And finally, Forever Living. This is the Aloe Vera Company 
They grow and manufacture aloe vera based products for health and beauty. And you can find tons of details on completesportsmedia.com. Go on there, click on some of the icons, learn more. They'll take you to um, their sites and you can get coupon discounts for some of the products there. So thank you to our partners and sponsors as always. Uh, we're able to find that information about the hockey well, TV? I'm just looking through here. I know that um, uh, I see on one part hockey TV for as little as packages starting, subscription packages starting at $9.99 a month. Um, I did see yeah. something here at $24.99 a month. Um, and that gives you upwards of 20,000 games a year. So it, it gives you hockey games uh, all over Canada and the U.S. as well, the USHL. Um, I'm not sure, but I believe it involves collegiate hockey as well down south in Canada. So um, so I am seeing here that uh, $24.99, but there are some other subscriptions. I think you can break it down per league as well. And with that in mind, you can get maybe a better price if you just want to focus on the one league. And I know going to the KIJHL site real quick, it did say something about $80 off. So that might be where the $9.99 comes in nice. if you're subscribing for the year. So it is really minimal when you think of um, uh, what you're getting access to. I mean, it's it's a it's a station um, or, or a website that, that's dedicated to, to hockey and to junior hockey. And, you know, if you've got uh, a friend playing in the AJHL in, in uh, Drumheller or something, you can watch the games. So I think it's it's a great thing that's been set up and, and gives everybody uh, a lot of coverage of junior hockey. I think uh, I'm personally going to try to invest in that company because uh, <laughs> with no fans in the stands, that's yeah. your only access you're going to be able to get to seeing these games across the nation, across North America. Um, you know, if, if you dabble a little bit in the stock market. If you uh, invest in companies, uh, I suggest yeah. trying to put some money there. Uh, that is going to blow up in exposure and uh, there's going to be a lot of people subscribing to hockey.tv. Uh, yeah. I had to, I wanted to see some of the Penticton games before we had some chats. Um, I was able to see um, that amazing uh, Jacob Quillen goal that uh, oh, you know, yeah. you know, won them the, the cup and and yeah. uh, that was a you know big celebration uh, for you know as you say it was a preseason uh, exhibition type of tournament but um, yeah it was a lot of excitement and and uh, you you guys have a really good play by play color analyst there and uh, it was fun fun tournament to watch I'm glad I would I'd be able to tune in and see games like that yeah Trevor Miller does a great job as as the bees broadcaster here um, I'm, I'm not sure what my role will be. I, I was the color commentator last year in the broadcast, but, but given the, uh, the limits as to how many people can go in the building and even how many can go into the broadcast booth, I've heard that some, you know, among the cities in the BCHL, some are a little more strict than others or, or um, you know, smaller buildings, which doesn't allow as many people in. I mean, SOEC is a, a pretty large building and there's lots of room to flow around and, and not come in contact with people. So, so at this point, I'm not sure what our plan is. We're still waiting, I think, from word from the BCHL whether um, whether the broadcasters can have their regular two people on for a broadcast with a color guy, or if they're going to keep it to one. So I'm not sure what my role might be this year. I'm I'm hopeful to work in the broadcast. I enjoy it tremendously. Um, and when you do it in Penticton, you, uh, as I say, got got on average 3,200 fans in the building normally, and and uh, and a lot of excitement there. Um, and a team that, as I mentioned earlier, drives to succeed um, every every step of the way. Um, 
Yeah. It was just the preseason. When I mentioned that to Fred at the end of uh, the post-game interview the other day, uh, to write a story, he says, well, you know what? Hey, we, we never once mentioned it was preseason. We never looked at it that way. We never talked it was preseason. Every game was important for us to get better. And, um, and the Bees went 13-1 and through that stretch. So it says something about the type of team they've got, um, the way he's recruited again, and, and, um, and brought players in from all over North America that, that he believes can – and lead this team to a championship. Um, I haven't heard anything to the contrary, but Penn Tipton is slated to host um, uh, the Canadian Junior A Hockey Championship. Wow. They, wow. they got that right many months ago, partway through last season. Uh, Fantastic. February or March last year when we made the announcement. So, um, so I don't think things have changed. The regular season, I believe, will go longer. It's usually done about the middle of February when playoffs begin. My understanding is the regular season of 32 games will stretch longer because it's not starting until December. Usually you're pretty much halfway through the season by early into December. Um, so it's going to go longer. I'm not sure the impact that will have on the, um, on the Canadian Junior A Championship on the Centennial Cup. But uh, yeah, next time we, uh, we get together, I'll find out a little bit more information there and find out what the latest is, if there's some, something concrete at that point. But at this point, uh, these are, are gearing up for a great season and uh, and slated to host the uh, the Centennial Cup championship. So, yeah, you're lucky you're there, and uh, they're lucky to have you. I'm glad you're part of that organization, and I hope you become part of that broadcast team. It'll be uh, must listen radio yeah. and and TV for me. Uh, I always love hearing your your intakes, your insight and takes yeah. on the games. Uh, you're a really good play by play guy, great caller guy. Uh, big asset to the team. I hope you're able to increase their sponsorship so they don't take as much of a financial hit with this um, COVID not allowing fans in the stands. And, and uh, you know, thanks for promoting them. Uh, it's an amazing organization. You're, you're yeah. super lucky to be around that. And, and uh, yeah, why, why would they change the venue for that Canadian Cup? Uh, you know, it should be there. And, yeah. and I'll have to come and uh, yeah, take in some games uh, once it happens. I, I look forward to that a lot. Well, and, and yeah, hopefully things are better. That's usually in May. Um, we're just going to keep our fingers crossed that things are better then. I mean, that's a, a big opportunity for this, uh, for this organization to, uh, to fill the arena um, and to bring the other, the other uh, the teams from around, the, uh, around Canada, the, the best in their leagues, to bring them here as well. So uh, it's, it's just unfortunate it's happening this year. And again, last year, this team was, was so stocked with talent that uh, – they had such a good chance of winning a championship and it was a disappointing way to end. Um, but again, they just restock and they keep retooling and, and yeah. get those players from all over the place to, to mold them into a great team and, and have the drive and desire to win every single game, whether it's uh, exhibition or regular season or playoff. And, um, and yeah, we'll, we'll hope that things open up that uh, fans can be here for the Centennial Cup because it'll be a fun time here in Penticton. How many uh, how many sons of former NHLers this year on the roster are supposed to be? Uh, you know, not as many. I'm just going to grab the roster from the other night just to. Uh, so we've we've still, we've got two Niedermeyers on the team. We've got Jackson and um, and Josh, although and that's Scott Scotty's kids. Um, uh, but Jackson is hurt, and I'm not sure if he's going to be back for the season. So. So that's going to be a tough one for him. But Josh, his younger brother, a six foot two, hundred and one pounds defenseman, uh, he's an 04. He's on the team this year, and he played some games last year as a 16 year old. Um, and Tristan Amante is still on the team. He scored a big goal the other night. 
Um, other than that, I oh yeah, Ryan McGuire. So um, uh, Pierre McGuire. Oh right, yeah. So cool. he's on the team this year. Um, I think I think that is it. Yes. So uh, not quite as many as last year, but uh, well, still, I mean, yeah. uh, four, four, I guess. So that's that. <laughs> Two from the same family, but um, uh, uh, it's it's uh, yeah. Fred Harvinson, he's just got such great contacts and. and is so well respected. I know, you know, again, when I joked or not joked, but asked him a little bit about it being just a preseason uh, uh, game the other night, he says, you know what? My phone blew up the other day, that day with with uh, former players, with alumni, the Penticton Bees and the Penticton Junior Hockey teams, uh, calling him and texting him to go get a win kind of thing. Uh, nice. There's great rivalries with West Kelowna and Vernon, especially uh, for nice. the Bees and Salmon Arm to a degree as well. Um, but especially Vernon, uh, so to beat them in the final was fun. Um, uh, but yeah, there's there's importance placed on it, and and Fred keeps in very close touch with with a lot of former players um, following their NHL careers. Um, uh, and and yeah, you heard from a lot the other day to, to wish him the best of luck in, in what was awesome. just a, a preseason game playoff. Wow. Some yeah, that's that's um, so great. Yeah. yeah, good for him. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. Uh, Seems like such a great guy, and uh, yeah, you know, everybody says fantastic things about him and about that organization. And you know, you stay there, you're gonna, you know, see a lot of amazing hockey success for sure. Yeah, yeah you're lucky. Yeah, uh, you're a huge baseball guy, I know. And uh, the biggest news in baseball this past week was um, the Florida Marlins naming yeah. Kim Eng as their general manager. Uh, my favorite baseball player over the past 25 years is Derek Jeter. And uh, when he mm -hmm. went to Florida, a lot of people wondered why would he go to that organization. But uh, I think he's done a really fantastic job with them, a small market team, being yeah. able to get them in the playoffs this year, even though they went through a COVID thing at the beginning of the year. Uh, but to name Kim Eng as the first um, um, a woman to ever hold the, the title, uh, first Asian American, just uh, yeah. so many really amazing moves there. Uh, really exciting news, and and it just blew up around the world. Uh, yeah. Great to see that that momentous um, occasion finally happening. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, there's a lot of smart people in the sport, and and it matters not. It's it's kind of geared towards uh, obviously dominated by males from a playing standpoint, but um, you know, Jessica Mendoza was was on the ESPN broadcast. She was part of the Mets front office She's last year. Yeah, um, but, a great, but a great fastball player in her own right. She played the game as far as she could at her level um, yep. and as a female and and um, uh, was very good at it. There's there's a lot of knowledge there. There's there's a lot of baseball knowledge in, in the minds of a lot of people. It makes no difference if you're male or female. Um, you can think yeah. of the same that way from a baseball standpoint or an organizational standpoint. So, so yeah, it's good to see that things are advancing that way. Um, nice. uh, I remember when I think it was San Francisco had the first female PA announcer, and and that was like a major major thing. Like, um, so we're moving forward, and and um, uh, my Mets now have a billionaire owner, so hopefully nice. the first strings open a little bit. They don't have to go quite as far as the Yankees go, but um, uh, but they need to sign some players, and and I think there's um, you know speaking from the Mets standpoint, they've gone through a lot of years with the Will Ponds where fans didn't have faith that they were acting in the best interest of the baseball team. Um, they, they wanted a switch and, and with um, 
uh, with Cohen buying the team, we're something like $14 billion and wow. paid it right. four or five billion for them. The most anybody's ever paid for a professional sports franchise. Wow. Uh, the Mets on paper are worth that amount of money, but obviously they're playing, playing in one of the biggest cities in the world and, and have a big market that way. So, uh, so I'm, I'm excited about it because I think, Good. I think he'll add some positive things to it and, and, uh, create a, an air of, um, of success from just what he's done personally. And, and, He's a lifelong Mets fan as well. And I think that's wow. when somebody buys into a team and they're a lifelong fan of that team, I think it says a lot as well. Wow, that's great. That's fantastic news for you. How, how many yeah, days till yeah. training camp starts? Can't be that much longer. So <laughs> no early kidding. February. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow. Okay, well, uh, man, uh, thanks so much. We were able to cover so, uh, so much in detail. Uh, it was great to talk about the masters talk about bc yeah. hockey and uh yeah a little bit of baseball um yeah. always a blast uh, buddy uh thanks so much for your time today i know you're always super busy so i appreciate it a lot yeah. thank you well very much. this will be the highlight because i've got to watch council through uh zoom in a couple hours here in penticton and cover a few things from that so this, oh. this this is the highlight of my day buddy and uh thanks a lot i appreciate it i, I love chatting with you you've done such a great job in, in building up this program and, and wish you the best of success down the road you're getting some great guests in and and uh, people are so knowledgeable in what they do and you can go in depth with them and i think that's the key these days too yeah. many times we're hit with those 15 second clips and that's all people want and they move on to the next thing and the fact that you can spend an hour with somebody and really pick their brain on things uh, i think it's a great thing for sports so keep it Thanks, up man. Buddy. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it so much. Okay, well, yeah, um, enjoy the rest of your week. And, uh, yeah, we'll keep in close contact, please. Um, give, me, give us updates on uh, how things are going. I know there's a two-week break uh, that um, the bees have now. But, yeah, keep us posted on so many things. Uh, you know, send us comments um, and, you know, give us details. I'll put it up on the website and so you people can follow along. Thank you. Okay. okay. Have a good All one, right. buddy. Yeah, take care of yourself. Bye for now. Yeah, fantastic uh, hour, as Corey mentioned. Uh, yeah, uh, it was um, really uh, terrific that you could tune in. As usual, uh, we really appreciate uh, all of our fans and listeners and viewers. And uh, yeah, please um, keep tuning in. We're going to have a really great week ahead. Uh, we've got a big guest tomorrow. Greg Kettner is going to be joining us. Uh, please tune in tomorrow night, and you'll be able to catch a really fantastic guest again. Take care of yourself. Love you lots. Bye for now. Yeah, always, always fun. And um, yeah, let's uh, let's keep in close contact. I'll send you. Yeah, I'll send you a bunch of stuff with Ribeiro, and then yeah, yeah, let's yeah. you know we can do a Zoom call anytime without uh, doing a okay. podcast. And and you know, yeah, I think you'd really love uh, you know to meet the the guys that are involved in the company. They you know they got yeah. a lot of great things to say and talk about. And yeah, cool. yeah immerse yourself in the knowledge, and then yeah, yeah take it from there. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, send anything you've got. And then, um, you know, if I feel comfortable enough or when I do, and then I can either start making some appointments with, with people at Okanagan Hockey Academy. Um, you know, I can talk to uh, Brendan a little bit more with uh, with these um, and things like that as well. You just, awesome. you just want to have some knowledge in your own mind. Of course. You know, it's uh, the oh, more yeah. you know about it, the more you can speak on behalf of it. So. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Oh. No, that's crucial. So, yeah, okay. makes sense. Okay. 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 Um, see what things are like for you and if it works out in about three weeks before the league starts and then uh, i'll keep you posted and if it's yeah. going ahead that way and then maybe we can do something before that i think we really should yeah yeah i'd love to do yeah, it for you it'd be great okay
Okay. Take, hey, take, you, man. take care of you too. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Say hi to York for me. I will. I will. I mean, we're, we want to come down there so badly. It's just, you got to wait till things are better. So no doubt what you can do. Good stuff. Okay, okay, man. okay buddy. Okay. All the best. Take care. Bye for now.